The Dan Bongino Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joseph Armacost, how are you today? I am always glad to be here, Dan. Oh, what a day yesterday. Yeah. Our biggest one-day show ever. Thank you for all yeah. the positive feedback. I uh, really appreciate it. I needed to... Get that off my chest. And as if on cue yesterday, Joe, uh-huh. talking about the left, how they're a bunch of softies and aren't ready for the bear yes. uh, that they keep poking. I go to the gym yesterday afterwards, right? And I'm working out and there's a blackout. The whole And the gym has no windows at all except in the front. So the gym is pitch black. Keep in mind, folks, it's, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. You can't see a thing. There's only emergency lights on. <laughs> the, you know, it's pitch black. The lights go out. And there are a lot of hard rock guys in that gym, despite the fact that it's a relatively upper middle class neighborhood. There are a lot of dudes in there. There's a methadone clinic nearby with some people who've been through some really tough trouble who work out there. I mean, they're trying to get their lives better. There's some tough dudes in there, you know, and. I, I just got done giving this uh, this this extended rant about how the left is not ready for this bear they're poking yesterday. Mm-hmm. The lights go out. Nobody nobody misses a beat. That the lady at the front desk, the poor lady at the front desk, has to go physically kick people out of the gym. No, I hear one guy go. He's squatting. I hear the weight cling, cling, cling. I'm like, this dude is squat. He had like 315 pounds, three pizzas on the bar on each side. He's he's squatting. He doesn't even miss a beat. He doesn't rack the weight. Nothing. His buddy's like, you got this. You got. It's pitch black. They can't see anything. And I'm like, dude. Totally on cue. This is what I'm talking about. Hard men and women who the left keeps poking and they have no idea what they're up against. These are just really, really tough, thick skin, hard rock people who've had their knuckles beaten to death. Their skin is six inches thick. They've been mentally beaten down and they're I mean, they're just tough dudes. And I just thought this is this is a sign from God. I kept working out, too. I was doing cardio at the end to kind of cool down a little bit, yeah. and uh, I had to go get my daughter anyway. So, But it's funny, the lady walking around the gym, guys, you got to go. You can't work out pitch black. It's a safety hazard. Everybody's like, what do you mean we got to go? <laughs> I can feel, I, And right away, the lights go out. All I see is the iPhone uh, flashlights. Nobody skipped a beat. There wasn't like a, hey, what happened? There was no sense of, like, snowflakes would have totally panicked. Oh, my gosh. Hey, Mom. The meatloaf! <laughs> Where are the color forms? The meatloaf! Snowflakes would have melted down. I'm saying, ah, where's the fire department? I need to be hit the ground. Bear crawls. Bear crawls to the front. Someone give me one of those, those, those neon light sticks. Guide my way to the front door. Not one person said anything. Not a soul, Joe. Not one. I hear this. You got two more. You got two more. He's telling the guy, you can squeeze out two more (laughs) squads. By the way, this is a universal. The women in there are hard rocks, too. They are. The women in it, none of them skipped a beat. This is not a male, female thing. I'm not kidding. The meatloaf. The social justice warriors would have been looking for the meatloaf and the color forms. Hey, mom! The meatloaf! <laughs> you have no... Lift for the bros. I'm telling you, you have no idea. The S-storm, you're starting... None. These people are hard people, man. I walked out of that gym proud, and I thought, God sent me this message today. He really did. All right, I got a lot to get through today, including... Don't miss this. Joe. Yo. 
there is a lot of misinformation about Trump's executive order yesterday. Trust me on this, yeah. folks. You are reading this thing all wrong. Uh, you know me. I, I love the president personally to death. He's the nicest guy, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. But I'm telling you, and I'm not a four-dimensional chess guy, sometimes Trump does things that are a mistake. I think he acknowledged that. Yesterday was not a mistake. You're reading this all wrong. I'll get to that in a second. All right, today's, was that an opening or what? That was an opening, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Get get me, show me the front, guide me out of the gym. Oh, you guys have no (laughs) idea. None. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at Filter By. I don't want to assume too much, but I suspect you have enough bills to pay already. You don't need any more. That might be what you're headed for. If you don't trust me on this, according to the Department of Energy, the most expensive utility for most Americans is their electricity bill, making up roughly 9% of their annual housing expenditure. I can't get past the meatloaf, Joe. I'm having a tough time myself. (laughs) The meatloaf. Meatloaf is not your biggest household expenditure. It's your electricity bill. This number is aggravated depending on where you live. Take Florida, for example, where I love this state to death. If you're a conservative, come down here. It's the greatest place on earth. But it is 52,000 degrees in the summer everywhere you go, and your electric bill is ridiculous. Adding insult to injury, this allergy season has been one of the worst, further straining your system. You can help lower this bill by making sure your system is running smoothly with a new set of filters for my friends at FilterBuy, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. Business owners, pay attention there. You save a lot of money. They carry over 600 different filter sizes, and if you have a difficult system, they can make custom filters just for you and your HVAC system. Plus, they ship free within 24 hours, and they're manufactured right here in America. Set up auto delivery. It just makes life easier. Plus, you save 5%. That's a lot. Additionally, you extend the life of your HVAC system. It's getting hotter outside. The last thing you need is a busted HVAC system on top of the allergies. Save time. Save money. Breathe better with FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. That's FilterBuy.com. Tell them the Dan Bongino Show sent you FilterBuy. We love that company. You know, one quick thing before we get going, Joe. I was watching Real Sports last night with Brian Gumbel, Mm -hmm. who's a devout leftist. But once in a blue moon, they strike gold and do a story, uh, which is funny because Soledad O'Brien was on last night, who absolutely hates my guts. We can't stand each other. She tweets out psychotic stuff. Um, But I still watch the show once in a while. And they had a show on about these guys called Men in Blazers, and they do a sports show. I've never heard of Mm, these guys in my life, but apparently they're super famous. They do a podcast about soccer, and they have a show. And the guy said that the secret, it's two of them, these two guys, the secret to their show, and I thought of me and you, Mm -hmm. is that although they're talking to the audience, they're really trying to entertain each other, (laughs) which, right? Which the audience senses as being enjoyable, and that's, they think, the key to... And that's me and you. We're just trying to entertain each other. The fact that you all find it interesting (laughs) is fascinating to me and Joe. But really, the meatloaf, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea if that's funny to you. I just know it's funny to Joe and me, (laughs) and that's kind of the goal of the whole show. So it was funny. Okay. Back to some serious stuff. So the executive order genius of what happened yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been told repeatedly by the left and the media, the Trump administration has been assailed, assaulted, just rhetorically abused over the last week. And the central claim to make this very simple for you, your liberal friends have been telling you this too, is that there's no law indicating that families have to be separated. This was all Trump. Trump did this. Matter of fact, I took a screenshot of Snopes, the noted left-wing kook site, Snopes.com. Yeah. Fact check. And by the way, a fact check on Snopes is a joke. This is a liberal propaganda machine. But I just want you to show you that this exists. I'm not making this up. The liberal line 
There is no law separating families. Trump made this whole thing up. Snopes.com. Was the law to separate families passed in 1997 or by Democrats? This is a quote from Snopes. There is no federal law mandating children and parents be separated at the border. Okay. So there's Snopes. In other words, Trump is wrong saying that there's some law mandating this and that he's making this up and Trump himself is separating these families. You copy, Joe? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. What was the genius of the executive order yesterday? Well, if you've been listening to this show, you know that there is, in fact, a 1997 consent decree called the Flores Consent Decree. I've only mentioned it now 6,000 times on the show. All right, a little bit of hyperbole, but you get the point. Mm -hmm. We have mentioned it multiple times that there is, in fact, a consent decree handed down by the courts that mandates that children who are brought across the border illegally or any, any child, or if they cross themselves, by themselves, they cannot be held in detention for more than 20 days. That's a fact. Now, keep in mind, Snopes is telling us none of this exists. Now, they acknowledge the Flores consent decree, but they act like it's not a law. Like you can just do willy-nilly what you want with it, and Trump just could have just scrapped that and said, oh, you know, we're not going to pay attention to that. Follow me here, because this is the... I be, I'm absolutely sure Trump was playing a little bit of 4D chess with this one. Something, you know, sometimes I think we give everybody a little too much credit, Trump mm-hmm. included, but this one I think he was. So Snopes' position is, oh, that's not really a law. Don't worry about it. Although it exists, it's not a law. Now, because we can't hold children for more than 20 days, you have to let the children loose. We would either give the children to a responsible adult that, you know, the, the family member or whatever in the United States. Keep in mind, the child is here illegally. Mm-hmm. Or the parents can exit the system, claim their child, which why you're separated from your child and bringing them here illegally, I still don't get, and go back to your home country. The parents aren't doing that. The parents are saying, no, I'd rather claim asylum and wait for a hearing. Mm -hmm. In that case, the parents who are in the country illegally stay detained. Because when you let the parents go, the overwhelming numbers of them don't show up again for the year. And they're gone, as Joe just indicated. They're in the wind. See you later. Creating a de facto open border situation. Trump's executive order yesterday saying, ah, we're not going to separate families is genius. If you read it, what does it do? It says in there that he's instructing the Department of Justice to basically ask for a reinterpretation of Flores. All right, that's all complicated stuff. What does it mean? It means that the goons in the media who've been telling you now for two weeks that there's no law. Trump decided this are now going to acknowledge, have to acknowledge that there is a law. Mm -hmm. Why? Because what, Joe, if you keep litigation, yes, yes, I said this on my NRA TV show last night. Trump geniusly, listen, I I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the sound today because I got a lot to get to. I have it, but I just want to, Trump, if you listen to his Oval Office quick spiel after he signs the executive order, you you see what he says? Yeah, he said it. He mentions there will be litigation. There will, there order. Order. Remember Titanic? The, 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 boat, <laughs> the boat captain guy? Yeah. Oh, there will be order here. There will be litigation. Yeah. There will be... Remember, I love that. Everybody tries to jump in the boat. He lets, he lets go around from the pistol. Yeah. No, 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 no. There will be order here. There will be litigation. Why did Trump say that? Joe, who signs an executive order as a president and immediately in his speech afterwards says, hey, and by the way, we're going to be sued over this. Yeah. Why? 
Because he did the flippy, he did the flipperuski. This is the uh, the inside jokes for my listeners. You know about the dipsy do flipperu. Yep. We got to get hey Ron P. I know you listen to the show. Send, please send us the Benicio del Toro from the Usual Suspects. We'll flip you. We'll flip you. We'll flip you for real. Remember the Usual <laughs> Suspects in the jail. Benicio yeah. del Toro. We'll flip you. They'll flip you for real. They, they, he did the dipsy do flipperu. He's now acknowledging in his executive order that there is a law. Remember, the media said there's no law. Trump did this by himself. Mm -hmm. Trump says, okay, I'm going to sign an EO challenging this in the court, knowing that once we hold the child for 21 days, rather than the 20, that the law, Joe, that the media told us doesn't exist, that the law says, what's going to happen, Joe? The Trump administration is going to get sued. And the Trump administration is going to promptly turn around and go, wait, what are we getting sued over? I thought there was no law. You guys just told the American public I made this up. Guys, ladies, this is genius. Now, again, this is the analysis. I'm telling you, you're not going to get anywhere else. I worked on this all. I am not exaggerating. I worked on this yesterday all day, right up and through the Tucker hit. I was all over Twitter through my special accounts I watch because the left knows this. The left is already preparing people, Joe, Mm -hmm. for the fact that they're going to have to eat a whole load of, let's call it crow, if it was a non-family friendly show, I'd say something else. Yes. The left is already preparing people for the, the, the dial back. Wait, we told everyone there was no law and Trump made this up. Now, when Trump is sued over the law, he's challenging that we said doesn't exist. What are we going to say now? We've been reporting there's no law. Aha! Hat tip, by the way, from Molly Hemingway at The Federalist for pointing this out. Here is the New York Times. Fake journalist Maggie Haberman uh, reporting at the New York Times yesterday. Mr. Trump's executive order would seek to get get around. What are we getting around? What do you mean get around? There's no law, Joe. We've been told by the liberal media, the problem, that there's no law. Yeah. Mr. Trump's executive order would seek to get around an existing 1997 consent decree known as the Flores Settlement. We've only been discussing that here for a week now. That prohibits the federal government from keeping children in immigration detention, even if they are with their parents for more than 20 days. What? Wait, wait, I thought there was no law. I thought Trump made this whole thing up. I, You've been... Do you understand you being lied to that this is all crap? Now, in case you think Obama, by the way, Joe pulled this this morning. Here is Obama kind of de facto referencing the exact same law. By the way, Joe, there was zero media outrage whatsoever about this. Play Obama. Our message absolutely is don't send your children unaccompanied. Uh, on trains or through uh, through a bunch of smugglers, we don't even know how many of these kids don't make it and may have been waylaid into sex trafficking or killed because they fell off a train. We have no way of tracking that. So that is our direct message to the families in Central America. Do not send your children to the borders. If they do make it, they'll get sent back. More importantly, they may, may not make it. Wait, what? Obama who understands the exact same law the liberal media told you didn't exist, and there's zero media outcry at all. Why am I even bringing this up? 
I'm bringing this up to show you that these people are frauds. They are total fakes. I said this on Tucker's show last night on Fox. These are not genuine people. Well, I mean, they're genuine people in that they exist. They're carbon-based organisms. But they're not genuine people in that their character is not authentic. They're not advocating for a principle. That principle being, you know, we need to defend the kids. They didn't care about the kids when Obama did it. That's a fact. Do you remember, if this is the first time you're hearing about this story, right? Mm -hmm. Now, just to show you how powerful media gaslighting is, Mm. even some rhino Republicans I see on Twitter are acting as if this is new. Like, this is the first time they're hearing this. Like, oh my gosh, Trump is separating kids from the... He is not. There's Obama talking about the exact same policy. There are photos out there. Look at yesterday's show notes. The Daily Caller has a piece with at least 20 photos in there of the Obama administration's detention of children at the border. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not new. This is not Trump, and this was not Trump's discretion to do this. This was the law. The fact that Obama chose not to enforce the law in mass, that's not prosecutorial discretion. Prosecutorial discretion is individual cases, not ignoring the law in mass. That is not the role of the president to ignore laws that Congress institutes. This is not new. And by the way, Obama didn't even ignore it. He had some, there was some difference, some civil proceedings rather than criminal. But this is not new. The media is already preparing the public for, for, for Trump basically doing a little jujitsu on him. Now, I have another article by George Rasley. It's a really good one in Conservative HQ, which will be at the show notes today. And it doesn't explain exactly what I just told you, but takes kind of a different angle, but talks about exactly that. Trump's jujitsu with the Democrats now on this issue. Why is that? Because now, Joe, not just are the media going to look like fools, because remember, again, the media has told us over and over, there's no law. Right, right. Now the New York Times already prepping us for the, the lawsuits over the law. Right, suit. Right. Lawsuit. Lawsuit. How can you sue in a lawsuit over a law that doesn't exist? It does. But the Democrats are going to be made to look like idiots too. Why? Because Trump also mentions in the executive order that Congress is free to change this anytime, Joe. Yep, you're darn right. If Congress wants to put out a law saying children, um, remember, the Flores consent decree is a court decision, but it has the effect of law. No doubt about that. Nobody disputes that. Nope. There are three co-equal branches of government. This is a consent decree handed uh, handed down by our federal courts. It has the courts. It has the, uh, the, the force of law. Congress can change this tomorrow. Congress can write a new law. Here's how we're going to handle children at the border. Why are this is important? Why are the Democrats? So he played jujitsu with the media. Why did he play jujitsu with the Democrats too? He did a little Aiki jitsu here because now the Democrats are going to be forced to acknowledge that they can't, they can't do anything about it either. They just told us this was all Trump all the time, but now Trump and the EO says, no, no, you guys can fix this with a law. Well, I just told you the Democrats can't. No, 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 no. They can, but they can't. Democrats could jump on board with the rhino Republicans tomorrow. They could draft up. I'm not suggesting they do this. I'm just saying they could draft up an amnesty plan tomorrow. Joe, why won't they do that? Because there's some midterm elections coming up in 2018 and the Democrats desperately need the Senate. 
And there are a whole boatload of Democrat senators in heavy red states, won handily by Trump, on the immigration issue who are on the ballot. And they know for a fact, despite their protestations otherwise, that they could fix this tomorrow, but they won't because they don't want Joe Manchin, Heidi Heitkamp, and Joe Donnelly, senators from... um, from uh from uh Indiana, West Virginia and uh uh, uh South Dakota. They don't want them to uh to have to take a tough vote. They don't want them to have to take a tough vote. Because if they have to take a tough vote, folks, what's going to happen, especially on immigration? They're going to lose their seat. They're going to lose their seat. They're going to lose their seat. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Heidi Heitkamp, North Dakota. I said South Dakota. Heidi I had the uh, uh sorry about that. Uh, Heidi Heitkamp is in North. So please don't. E- I get it. I get it because we we have. Sir, I love your emails, but when uh, sometimes when I uh, when I have a verbal slip up like that, I'll get like five hundred emails during the day, and I have to answer all. Of them. Heidi Heitkamp, Joe Donnelly, Joe Manchin. Uh, who else? Oh, McCaskill. I was trying to think. Oh, yeah, of yeah. Oh, McCaskill. There, there's no way they're going to get them on the record supporting an amnesty bill. Oh, by the way, there is a bill out there, Diane Feinstein's bill, which is essentially an open borders bill now. There's no way. They can do it. The Democrats and the Senate and the House can fix this tomorrow. They will not. They will not. They are in They are in a really rough position. So their goal, Just uh, I'm going to sum this up and I'm going to move on because I got a lot to cover today. Here's what's going on. This was a brilliant stroke of genius yesterday. Trump signs an executive order to ask for a reinterpretation of a law the Democrats insisted doesn't exist in the media too. When the lawsuit is filed, which it will be, Joe, immediately, the media will have to report on a law they told their audience does not exist. The Democrats now will be forced, if they want to do something, which they don't because they can't, will be forced to vote for a new law that will alienate people in the very states they need to win in the uh, the upcoming uh, 2018 elections. This was a genius move, folks. I'm sorry, Trump. I I get it. There are a lot of people out there who are upset. Trump capitulated. He capitulated on nothing. Read the executive order. It's short. It's it's two pages. It's not hard to read. It's written in plain English. He capitulated on nothing. He asked for a reinterpretation of a law the Democrats swear don't exist. And he asked Congress to take action. My, my. He said nothing about changing the the, uh, zero tolerance policy. As a matter of fact, he said there will be a continuation of the zero tolerance policy. Nothing has changed. This was a... I'm just... Don't be disappointed. You, you listen, you know I'm fair on this stuff, okay? Please, I'm trying my best to balance a lot of interests, but to stick to my principles, most importantly. If I thought this was a major league screw-up, I would tell you, and i got to be honest, before I read the executive order yesterday, mm-hmm. before I saw the text of it, I thought, oh man, this was a major league capitulation. Big, big, epic fail. Mm. Th- then I read the executive order, and I, I started reading, of course, I go to Twitter right away, Joe, and I read what the liberals are doing, mm-hmm. and they will always show their butts. They're horrified now because they realize the media is screwed. We just said there was no law. And the Democrats are screwed because they're going to have to take a vote on something that's going to lose them Senate seats. Yep. Nice move. Trump, Hat tip DJ. Trump is squeezing the pimple of truth. It's true. He did. Yeah, and they're, I mean. they're screwed. Yeah. Yeah, no, now they're screwed because now they don't know what to do. Now they don't know what to do. All right. I got a lot of stuff uh, to get to today. Today's show also brought to you by one of my favorite sponsors. They sent me one of their holsters. This thing is awesome. We the People Holsters. 
Hey, Democrats are up in arms over the NRA's rating of gubernatorial candidates, but I couldn't be in more agreement with their grading system. Listen, the Democrats are just anti-Second Amendment now in mass. It's, it's pathetic. The Republican candidates in Nevada have a proven track record of supporting the Second Amendment, which is no doubt why they received an A+. Don't just choose a candidate who supports your rights, but a company who supports them as well. We the People Holsters was founded in the state of Nevada. And let me tell you, they nailed down their holster designs. We the People Holsters are custom-made holsters made in the USA. They design their own holsters in-house. They don't use cheap third-party molds. They design them right there in Las, Las Vegas. They cut every mold to fit each gun perfectly. It does. It is the most perfect fit you're ever going to see for your firearm. They update designs. They add new designs every month. So when they say their holsters are, are when they're built using their own molds, they mean it. They have a design team that uh, that just constantly responds to new firearm models coming out. Their designs are are just gorgeous. You got to check them out. The cant is adjustable. The ride's adjustable for maximum comfort. They design their own clip for the holster. It has four holes and it matches up with the four on the holster, so you can adjust the cant and the ride for maximum comfort. It has adjustable tension. Each holster has that. That click sound that lets you know the firearm is clicked in place. If you ever want more tension, just tighten one screw and you're done. It's as simple as that. They have custom printed designs, the thin blue line, thin red line, the Constitution, camo, and American flag, and more coming out each month. They have a nice uh, uh, supply for women as well. Their holsters start at just $34, and they come with a lifetime guarantee. Every holster ships free. If it's not a perfect fit... Send it back for a refund, but you won't. There's no need to. It is a perfect I have one. I have, actually, they sent me two. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Go to WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan, and I'll give you a special offer. Use promo code Dan and get $10 off your first holster. That's $24. That's it for a holster with free shipping. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. WeThePeopleHolsters.com slash Dan. Wow. Uh-oh. Breaking news, Joe. Supreme Court rules that states can require online merchants to collect sales taxes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Overturning a pre... This is going to be a nightmare. That was a bad idea. Ouch. Listen, I get it. Brick and mortar stores, but this is going to be a disaster. I don't know what we're going to do now. Now you're going to see an explosion in logistics firms now. Third-party logistics firms that handle all this. This is going to be an administrative nightmare. Okay. um, Yesterday... Some uh, really uh, just groundbreaking new revelations on the the failures of the Obama administration during the Russian efforts to impact our election. We find out yesterday, I'll have the story up at the Bongino.com from Chuck Ross at the Daily Caller. Please check it out if you subscribe to my email list, which I humbly implore you to do. It helps us get the message and these good articles and these good writers out there. That Susan Rice issued a stand down order for Russian interference in the election during the cycle. Oh, oh, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So we've been told by every Democrat with a pulse, the Obama administration, Hillary, Brennan, Clapper, everyone with a Carlin, everybody, Comey, that the Russians were involved in trying to attack our system, which they were, by the way. No one disputes that. And and listen, the, what's happening in Russia right now is a disgrace. Again, I watched that Real Sports last night, how they just, they're, they're, the international assassination, it's disgusting. The Russians are, 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 are obviously, uh, the Russian government, not necessarily, obviously, the people. The Russian government's just disgraceful right now. But 
This is fascinating. We've been told by everybody how this Russian effort to impact the election was so devastating. Joe was a direct threat to our democracy, was going to screw everything up. And now we find out that the Obama cybersecurity czar was told to stand down on. Here's what his name is. Michael Daniel. Read the piece. It's really short. Again, it's up at the show notes, but it's really good. This guy, Michael Daniel, was going to engage in denial of service attacks on these Russian propaganda outlets that were feeding propaganda into the United States, which would have been a good thing. We want to fight back. Mm -hmm. He was told, don't get ahead of us by Susan Rice. In other words, take it easy. Stand down, buddy. Why? Why? Well, again, if you've been listening since the famous episode 628 on... We should get a mug. Listen to 628, right? I mean, that show has really changed. That show, our audience like tripled overnight. Um, the Obama, there's two reasons here. Number one, the Obama administration did not want to expose their own incompetence, okay? The Obama administration could not at the same time, remember, it, you have to revert back to a pre-election day mentality. This is the problem I think a lot of people have when viewing this. You're, you're viewing it from the, the lens that Donald Trump won the presidency. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody expected that. I'm telling you, nobody. nobody. Just look at the, 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 the HBO pick about the last days of the Obama administration and look at the, the faces of Samantha Power and Ben Rhodes on election night when they lost. It's, they're stunned. Nobody expected this. The Obama team pre-election day, this is important, pre-election day is convinced Hillary's going to win. Donald Trump pre-election day, Donald Trump is the one sounding the alarm that he doesn't necessarily trust the election results. Remember this, Joe? Yep. It's rigged. It's, it's rigged. It's Donald Trump saying that. Yeah. The Obama White House not wanting to look incompetent in a race they're absolutely convinced they're going to win does not want to throw shade on the Hillary Clinton victory. It's inevitable. Stop viewing it from today's lens. Go back to pre-election day. The Obama administration does not want to look incompetent. They do not want Hillary's win, number two, to look rigged. They want it to look legitimate. But there's a third point, too. They love the Russians. They were responsible for the Russian reset. They were trying to curry favor with the Russians on the Iran deal. The Obama administration loved the Russians. This anti-Russian fervor is solely a result of the Trump victory and a need for a Russian collusion narrative to try to get Trump impeached. This is this did not exist pre-election day. Please understand that. The Russian thing is new. Remember Obama with Mitt Romney? 1980s call. And they want to back. Mitt Romney's like, they're our greatest geopolitical foe, the Russians. So Obama, what did he respond? The 1980s called. They want their foreign policy. Man. I mean, he was a goof. Ridiculous. Obama trying to take a shot at Romney, who was right. I'm not a huge Romney guy, but right. Romney was right. And I am, I am in, the Russian government really could not get any worse. But don't make no mistake. The Obama administration did not want to look incompetent. Hey, we're in charge. We've got this, basically, Joe. The Russians aren't going to, not while I'm in charge. Secondly, Hillary's going to win. we got to be careful. Make sure this is legitimate. Don't drop any hints that the election could be rigged. we got to fight back at Trump. Third, they love the Russians. That's why Susan Rice tells the cybersecurity chief, chief, stand down. Because if they engage in a response and it leaks to the media, follow me, 
It leaks to the media that we're engaged in some massive cybersecurity fight. They have to acknowledge the fact that Obama didn't see those attacks coming, that we're engaged in this massive effort to stop the Russians from impacting our elections, which would feed into the Trump narrative at that time, which is that the election was, in fact, rigged. They didn't want to do that. So what does Susan Rice do? Stand down. Which now, Joe... Mm-hmm. Is, I mean, explosive. That's again. There's so many explosive developments. Explosive means nothing anymore. They, they've been telling us the whole time that the Russians were this. Were the, after the election, that is, there was major threat that Trump got elected because of the Russians. Now we find out. By the way, everything they said's a lie. It's total garbage. It's just complete crap. Now we find out that the Obama administration themselves said, "No, no, thanks. Let's not do anything. We're good." And liberals, the funny thing is liberals see nothing wrong with this. Liberals have this like, you are so immune to facts. How do you explain to our liberal friends who are listening to this and the conservatives playing it for the liberal friends? Can you please explain that? I'm serious. Look at your conservative buddy who's playing this for you. now, Or if you're a liberal listening, you're welcome here. But I'm asking you very seriously, I'm not messing around, email me what your explanation is for the Obama administration. Susan Rice, Obama's right-hand woman, his national security advisor. Please explain to me why he told her. By the way, there's no question he's involved in this, okay? Let's not play stupid. Yeah. Tell me why his administration ordered their cyber chief to stand down against Russian cyber attacks if the Russians were, in fact, this, as dangerous as he, they claim to be now. Well, I just laid out the three reasons why. Now... If you don't believe me, go back and Google YouTube or whatever it may be. Just put in videos. The Obama Rose Garden speech about a week before the election about election results being changed. Obama gives this speech, Joe, before election day, ripping Trump. Oh, Trump saying the election's rigged. I suggest you go out there and get some votes. Remember that speech? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he says anyone suggesting the elections could be rigged because it's all decentralized. The states run their own election system. There's not some central database that the, you're basically an idiot. There's no way these elections could be rigged. Yeah. Watch it yourself. It's Obama in the Rose Guard. Just watch it yourself. It's his own words, ladies and gentlemen. Watch it yourself. Pre-election day. The narrative, in case you again, you think I'm just pulling this stuff out of my caboose here. Obama and the narrative pre-election day was do anything to refute the narrative that the Russians were going to impact the election because Hillary was going to win. We love the Russians. We don't want any any question about the Hillary victory play down any threat to the election. Obama himself gives a speech in the Rose Garden. Elections rigged. You know, idiots say that. Trump, go out, get some votes. No one's going to rig the election. That's preposterous. Absurd. In addition. Obama gives a speech in a Brady press room after Hillary loses. Now it's after election day and they're realizing now, now this is, this is important. This is going to be some analysis. I'm you may be a little uncomfortable with, but I'm, I'm, I I get it that I can't get in Obama's head. So there is a degree of speculation, but I'm basing it based on what we've been putting together in our book and what I feel are strong accounts of its authenticity here. Post-election day, Obama's has a real conundrum here. Nobody saw this coming, right? Right. Everybody assumed Hillary was going to win, and they had to play down the Russian threat. Now, 
everybody understands Spygate's going to be exposed, all of the malfeasance of the Obama administration, the Obama team, Obama himself, Hillary, all these other people, they all have their own interests now in CYA. Like, oh my gosh, we got to cover our butts. Mm-hmm. The State Department folks, Weiner, Victoria Nuland, the Hillary team, Fallon, all of these people, they all have to cover their butts because they've been involved in an extensive spying operation on the Trump team. The Obama team has already told America the Russians weren't a real threat to our election either. Obama gives this speech. Politico has a, um, it's really long. It's on a number of different issues. It goes to the Brady press room. It's more of a presser, not a speech, but it goes on forever. But there's a critical question asked by a member of the media about the Russian scheme to overthrow the election. Because remember now, Joe, now after the election, the media, well, kind of before too, the media is being fed this narrative that the Russians are helping Trump. Mm-hmm. They're being fed, but they don't yes. want to run with it till they get the, I mean, seriously run with it until the election day results. Mm-hmm. There's some leaks in the New York Times and things like that, but they don't want to get anybody shady about Hillary Clinton's victory. Trump wins. Now he's in a real, he's in real trouble here. Obama, Hillary, now Joe, Hillary's team and their interests are exclusively in making sure page one every day, Russians got Trump elected. Yeah. Why? Because Hillary wants to make sure that she preserves her ability to make money and her political viability. And I don't mean the ability to run again, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. I mean political viability in terms of a political bank account. I've referenced this term before. Every candidate, whether you run again or not, has a political bank account based on your credibility. Why? People want endorsements. In other words, I'm never running for office again. And after losing that congressional race, your political bank account goes down a lot. But then we built this massive podcast. So now people, of course, want our attention again all the time. It's a political bank account. Withdrawals are made for losses and things like that. Deposits are made. Oh, he's got a podcast with three million listeners a month. Wow, that's pretty good. Maybe we should get in touch with him. We get that a lot now. Hillary, it was in kind of a similar conundrum. It's painful comparing, but it's true. Hillary now lost the presidency. It's largely assumed she's never going to run again, Joe. But she needs the ability to keep money flowing into the Clinton Foundation to get paid for speeches. And people pay for speeches for her. Why? To influence policy. Yeah. So Hillary needs to maintain her political connections because she doesn't, she doesn't have a skill. Hillary's skill is being a Clinton. That's her skill, being a politician and her political connections. Therefore, I'm sorry if this is complicated, but this is this is you this this will unravel the whole thing for you. Hillary must after election day continue to insist that she's very popular. That's why this constant we won the popular vote, we won the popular vote because if she's popular businesses will need her because her political bank account even though it took a dent is still significant enough that she can influence policies that will help crony capitalists and others. Mm-hmm. Therefore big speeches, hey, we're going to pay you 250k for a speech. By the way, can you connect us with that senator? Hillary can't say, well, everybody's running away from me because I'm politically unpopular. She has to tell people, you know what? I lost, but people still love me. You love me, Sally Field. You really <laughs> love me. The meatloaf. The meatloaf. She needs to get the meatloaf. Hey, mom. The meatloaf. She needs the meatloaf. That's it. Hillary needs the meatloaf still. And the meatloaf are her connections that people are willing to pay for. So she must insist after election day that the Russians did it, not her. She's still popular and you need her. Obama can't say that. Why? Because he's already on the record saying otherwise. 
so if you listen to the speech, I'll just give you the, the key line from it. You know, I mean, if you want to look it up, go ahead. But Politico has a transcript of it. Obama says after the election in the press room that, yeah, you know, you're right. The Russians were involved, Joe, but it wasn't some sophisticated scheme. That's the words he used. Now, that's oh, th- that is classic Obama. Mm. Obama just got done a month earlier telling us how ridiculous it was that the Russians were going to get involved in this. His own national security advisor brushes off the Russian threat. Now he understands that he just took a big electoral slap in the face by this loss. This was a reflection on him as much as it was on Hillary. He needs an excuse, too, but he can't play up the threat. But he can't deny the threat either, Joe, because the Clintons and their... Their, 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 their acolytes would be mad at Obama for selling out Hillary Clinton. Right. So Obama has to go in there and go, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do now, Joe? I can't say the Russians did it because I just told America the Russians didn't do it. But I can't say the Russians did it either because if I acknowledge fully that the Russians did it, I'll look like a liar. But if I acknowledge they don't, I got to deal with the Clinton machine. And I'm out of office now, too. So he gives this speech and he plays classic Obama. He does the King Solomon. Oh, we'll just cut the baby in half. Well, the Russians were involved, but it wasn't really a sophisticated scheme. By the way, I'm going to slowly back away from this as I recede into the limelight and hope nobody uncovers Spygate. That is why yesterday is so significant. By the way, we'd already known about the stand down order. If you read David Corns, who is a a a, a Looney Tunes leftist, but they wrote a book on a Russia Gate, which is from such a far left slant, it's not even worth reading. Um, but there are some parts of it that are um, illuminating. And one of them is that Susan, they, they exposed this months ago, that Susan Wrights did uh, give this stand down order to their cybersecurity. But this is why it's so critical. It's so critical because it reinforces what we've known all along that Obama knew about the threat. And ignored the threat because he wanted to make sure Hillary Clinton's inevitable win would always be considered legitimate. In other words, Obama was doing politics, not national security, and was astonished by the loss and then had to cut the baby in half because he had no other place to go. If folks, it's not that's this is an important read Chuck Ross's piece. And then go into all of that stuff. But I have been on this, this book forever, and I'm telling you with near certainty, that is the dynamics of what happened and why that Susan Wright story is so important. Mm-hmm. All right. This is one of my favorite products. Uh, use it maybe four or five times a day. I am a uh, prolific toothbrusher. Now that I work from home, I can't eat anything without brushing my teeth afterwards. You know, usually it's twice, three times a day after meals. I'm like five, six times a day now. And it helps because I have Quip. This is the greatest toothbrush ever. I liked it so much that I actually bought one for myself. You know, when you get a sponsor, sometimes they send you a free uh, sample. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Quip did. But my daughter opened it first, the Quip toothbrush, and she liked it so much, she fleeced it. So (laughs) she's telling me how great this thing is. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy one. I bought one. Now I got them for my whole family because they're that great. When it comes to your health, brushing your teeth is one of the most important parts of your day. Quip, that's Q-U-I-P, knows that. They've combined dentistry and design to make a better electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional uh, traditional electric toothbrush. You know those old ones? They look like Caterpillar tractors. <laughs> you need, to, you need yeah. to pay shipping freight to ship it to your location if you travel. Not Quip. This thing is slimmer than an actual like plastic toothbrush. It's amazing. 
And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of time effortless. And then it beeps three times. It, it buzzes three times at the end when you're done. So you know how long to brush too. It's, a, it's, a, it's such a, I'm really happy to have these guys on board. It's a great product. Nothing makes me happier than great products teaming up with us. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or carry-on. You don't want an exposed toothbrush in your gym bag. It's probably pretty gross. I've seen gym bags. They are a Petri dish of horrors. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan, I'm on this, by the way, refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Just got mine about three weeks ago. Comes in a nice cool envelope, rip it open, change your brush, good to go. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, but Quip did. Find out for yourself why. Buy one, you'll figure it out quickly. It's like a power washing for your mouth. You're like, ah, this is great. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip, that's getquip.com slash Dan, getquip.com slash Dan, getquip.com slash Dan, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Dan. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Dan. Getquip.com slash Dan. Love the Quipsters. Go check that out. You will not be disappointed. Send me your reviews. I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Uh, another incredible story that uh, uh, that's just, this, this spy. Now, keep in mind, too, these stories are all related. The reason that this is why I did the show the way I did today and organized it in this order. The reason the Democrats and the media, which I've just said the same thing twice, have decided now to focus on the Trump administration's immigration policies, despite the fact that nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. The laws stayed the same. The fact that Trump is enforcing already existing laws, he never changed. Neither did Congress. Is not news. So you may ask yourself, The media that engages in gaslighting constantly. What's gaslighting? The media lies to you. They lie to you confidently. In other words, they say it with such confidence you want to believe it. And they isolate you from the truth. That's what gaslighting is. They get you to believe that an alternate reality, in fact, exists despite the facts on the ground. The facts are this. There are no new laws created on immigration. Trump is only enforcing the law that already existed before he took office. There's nothing new. Why is the media, you have to ask yourself, relentlessly horse blinder focus right now on Trump's immigration policies if there's no new law and Obama did the same thing. You may want to ask yourself, is something else going on? Oh, yeah, these Michael Horowitz IG hearings where there have been just drop after drop after drop of neutron bombs about Spygate. We now know Susan Rice with the stand-down order. We also found out something else interesting. Be in the show notes today, another article from the Daily Caller, which has been doing tremendous work on this. We now find out that Christopher Steele, the British spy, working for Hillary Clinton's team to gin up fake information on Trump, visited the State Department himself in October of 2016, previously unreported. You think that would be important to know? Why a foreign former spy working for a foreign government, a spy, Christopher Steele, is in our State Department in Foggy Bottom in October of 2016 and everybody seemed to have hid the meeting? 
Now we again. Why didn't we hear about any of this? Oh, because they're focused on fake stories about new immigration policy, on old law that they said doesn't exist. Now, does it make sense? Why this is why the media—they're such hacks. Trust nothing they tell you. I uh, listen. I avidly support a free press. I also support their right to be stupid, and they are stupid. They are lying to you. They are trying to hide and cover up the megaton bombs being launched in this thing. The right story and this. So now we know a foreign former spy visited the State Department right before the election, and nobody felt the need to report this. It was revealed by Victoria Newland, who is a Clinton acolyte, who was working at the State Department in her testimony. She's like, oh, yeah, but uh, I, I stayed out of that meeting. Oh, why would you do that? That's fascinating, so Victoria. <laughs> now, let me make some connections for you to show you how this swamp worked. Again, what I'm trying to set up here for you is they're trying to hide yesterday, the first, the Susan Rice story, and secondly, they're trying to hide the deep connections to the, the foreign intelligence provided by foreign spies that made it into the FBI outside of official channels. Follow me here. This is a big story. The way foreign countries trade intelligence with the United States is through intelligence channels so it can be vetted, especially our Five Eyes partners, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, United States. The way we trade information is we trade it through intelligence channels that are official and vetted so we know we don't start a nuclear war based on intelligence we get from a guy in a McDonald's in Australia who didn't know anything. Devin Nunes, in an interview with Maria Bartiromo, months ago was very clear that there is no official intelligence in paragraph one of the FBI report. How is that? How is that? How is it that a foreign spy hired by the Clinton Foundation whose information made it into a dossier that made it into a FISA warrant in the FBI? How did it make it into the U.S. justice system to spy on Trump if Devin Nunes already said there's no official foreign intelligence official in paragraph one of the FISA warrant? Because he didn't say anything about unofficial. They were information laundering, folks. This is the scandal. They were cleaning information, just like money laundering keeps money out of the, um, you know, tries to take illegally earned money through mm-hmm. drugs and cash and launders it through official channels. Yeah. Unofficial illicit money. What they tried to do was take illicit information, information that was probably not true, probably not vetted. And they tried to get it into the official justice system, what they did, but they did it through unofficial channels because the official channels would have vetted the information and pointed it out as being megaton loads of BS. This is the scandal. Now we find out that the British spy working for the team visited the State Department. Ladies and gentlemen, the State Department is not an intelligence entity. It is a diplomatic entity. There's a very small component of it that deals with intelligence, but this is not an intelligence entity. It is not a law enforcement entity. It is a diplomatic entity. It was stacked with Clinton people. Stacked with Clinton people willing to listen, Joe, to a former foreign spy who couldn't put the information to official channels because it would have been laughed at. Right, right. So what did he do? They went into the State Department. Now, this is important. Victoria Nuland, who's testifying yesterday, Joe, Mm -hmm. was the chief of staff to a guy named Strobe Talbot. Strobe Talbot was a Clinton administration upper-level diplomat in the State Department. Follow me here. Strobe Talbot's brother-in-law is a guy named Cody Shear. 
Cody Shear is a Democrat hack activist who went out and worked with Sidney Sidney Blumenthal, according to Jonathan Weiner, another State Department official, ginned up a bunch of this information on Trump. Cody Shear then passed some of that information back to Steele and Blumenthal to pass into the State Department through Weiner. They all know each other. Mm-hmm. Follow me. I'll just walk through that quickly again. Mm-hmm. Victoria Nuland, who knows about this foreign former spy now meeting with the State Department, instead of meeting with intelligence officials through normal channels, he meets with the State Department, knowing they can launder the information to the FBI and bypass vetting. Victoria Nuland knows about this. This is one of Hillary Clinton's right-hand women. Victoria Newland was the chief of staff to a guy named Strobe Talbot, whose brother-in-law is the guy who ginned up the fake information that he shared with Steele and Steele shared with them. Mm-hmm. You see the big circle of deceit here? Now, why is this important? The October 2016 date, right before the election. Because in prior statements, State Department officials had said they referred this. Oh, no, we didn't have anything to do with this, Joe. We heard about the dossier in late summer. We referred it to the FBI, Joe. Mm-hmm. And we were good with it after that. Really? You were? You sure you weren't monitoring this the whole time? You're diplomats. Keep in mind, these are not law enforcement people at all. They should have nothing to do with this. And all the way up until October, right before the election, you're or you're meeting with the guy in person, a foreign spy, who, by the way, has some kind of a relationship with Cody Shear, who's the brother-in-law to a guy you used to be the chief of staff for. Now we find out, too, that Jonathan Weiner, who's the State Department official working with Victoria Nuland to launder this information, who's already admitted in a Washington Post op-ed that he passed this information on to the FBI, by the way. Mm -hmm. He's a State Department guy. I have a Breitbart piece from a few months ago. Jonathan Weiner, Joe, 2008 to 2013, worked for APCO, which is a lobbying firm. APCO. Do you mean the same lobbying firm that provided pro bono work for the Clinton uh, Global Initiative? Wow, that's interesting. You mean the same APCO that an FBI informant claims the Russians hired to lobby Mrs. Clinton and uh, Mr. Obama on the Uranium One deal? Now, if you read the piece, you'll see there's a statement by APCO. They deny any of this. They deny that any of it was related. Read the piece. You can hear their statement in full. I'm just telling you that this is the connection of people. Mm-hmm. Weiner who takes Shear's information and Blumenthal's information and passes it to the FBI instead of the uh, Steele going to the intelligence community. Weiner worked for APCO. APCO does pro bono work for the Clinton Global Initiative. An FBI informant says APCO was lobbying uh, for the Russians about uh, the 10X deal, which is related to the Uranium One, to lobby the Clintons. You understand this this circle of deceit? Here's let me just read to you a quick quote from this Breitbart piece. This is this is how troubling this all is. Weiner wrote that in the summer of 2016, Steele, talking about this former British spy, told me that he had learned of disturbing information regarding possible ties between Donald Trump, his campaign, or senior Russian officials. Weiner says he met with Steele in September of 2016 to discuss details that would later become known as the anti-Trump dossier, which is the foundation of this entire case. These people all know each other. They all know each other. All of them. Now do you see why this is so important, this hearing yesterday? 
These tidbits of information get lost in the immigration scandal, the gaslighting efforts by the media. But these little tidbits of information, when you understand their placement in the bigger Russian narrative, and granted, I have a leg up. We're putting a, I read about this every day for the book. But they have to make sense to you. Mm-hmm. The rice piece makes sense because it defies the entire Obama narrative that, oh, yeah, these Russians were so awful they tried to overturn the election. Well, why didn't you do anything about it? Oh. <laughs> the meatloaf! <laughs> I don't, they have no idea. Secondly... The intelligence. Well, guys, if you believe this intelligence on Donald Trump from this foreign spy that you guys paid was so serious, why didn't you pass it through normal intelligence channels? Oh, we did. We gave it to the FBI. You did? Then why were you still meeting with the guy right before the election at the State Department? By the way, meeting with people connected to people who worked with the Clintons, who worked with the brother-in-law of a guy who's starting... gins up the information who gives it to the spy to give to the state department because you were laundering information that's why devastating stuff folks let me just quick hammer a couple day two highlights from it too and then uh we'll we'll run for the day day two highlights uh great piece by the way from jeff carlson at the the markets work uh be up at the show notes today he summarizes a lot of the day two highlights of the ig hearing up on the hill it's really good but i'll hit some of them just quick Uh, Now we know Horowitz is looking at the initiation of the Russia probe. That's important. In other words, did bias against Trump start the Russia probe? That's going to be huge. Huge. If he comes out with a report saying that this Russia probe, Donald Trump, was started exclusively because of political bias, oh, man, the earthquake in D.C. is going to be substantial. Again, all lost in the the immigration story. The media is gaslighting you on. We now know the FBI, Joe, never named the target in the Clinton probe. Wait, what? Ladies and gentlemen, I was, again, a federal agent, as you know. It's not surprising. The way federal cases work in the Secret Service and mostly elsewhere, the case has a case number, and the case will name a target. Now, typically, if it's not a classified investigation, which some of these were, the case target will be the last name, Armacost Mm -hmm. et al., whatever it may be. Case number Melville, the Secret Service code is 138. So everything would start with 138 dash, and then it would be the, the counterfeit code was 711. So it would be 138, 711. It would have a J in the, meaning, uh, in the beginning of it if it was a judicial case, meaning it was in judicial proceedings. So the case numbers, there's a method to the madness. But the case names in the federal government are usually the names of the target. Bongino et al., Armacost, whatever. Armacost and Bongino for mm-hmm. involved. Now, in classified cases, you get names like Crossfire Hurricane, Mid-Year Exam, because they want to hide it. But they always name a target. The FBI never named the target. It's, wow, I wonder why that is. Were they trying to avoid a paper trail? It's funny how they never named Hillary Clinton in a target uh, as a target in Hillary Clinton's actual email probe. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> this is big. Mark Meadows, who is, uh, I'm starting to really love this guy, congressman real champion for freedom. Mark Meadows noted in the hearing that there's been editing of 302s, in other words, summaries of investigative interviews, that there may have been significant editing here, something you heard on this show ah six months ago from good folks. Why is this important? Because, ladies and gentlemen, if they walked out of those FBI agents to that interview with Mike Flynn, Trump's former national security advisor was accused of lying to the FBI, even though the FBI, Comey himself, acknowledged there were no signs of deceit. That's fascinating. How do you lie with no signs of deceit? 
if that investigative summary said, ah, you know, we think he was being honest and whatever, we should move on. And somebody changed that. Why is this important? Someone is going to be going down hard for obstruction of justice. Big time. Again, all left out because the media is gaslighting you over an immigration story they refuse to tell you the truth about. But now when the lawsuit comes in 21 days, mark my words, happened here first, Joe. You heard it here for in 21 days, there will be a lawsuit about a law the media is telling you didn't exist. This is all lost because the media is gaslighting you about an immigration story they refuse to tell you the truth about. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I, I humbly ask you to please, again, subscribe to our email list if you want to support the show. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't ask for money. There's also the Chum Store. If you'd like to buy stuff, we appreciate it. It's at the website. You can pick up shirts and, and mugs and stuff like that. So uh, we appreciate your support. But you'd be really helping us if you subscribe to the email list and you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, SoundCloud. I think it's follow on SoundCloud, whatever it may be. It helps us a lot. That's how a lot of these top charts that's how they grade their yeah. podcast, not actually by listens, which is kind of crazy. But that's how pe- new people find us. So help us get the message out there. Please subscribe. I really appreciate it. You guys and ladies mean the world to me. And thanks for all the feedback on the show, especially yesterday's show. Thanks to all the cops and military, too. I got you guys. Appreciate that. Thanks a lot. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.